Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Trying to recruit someone right now? At irishjobs.ie, we know it's just one more thing on your endless to do list. Somewhere between preparing Friday's presentation and picking up dinner. That's where irishjobs.ie can help. With almost one million registered career seekers in our constantly updated talent bank, you can be sure you'll always hire the pick of the bunch. Take that to-do list. Get a fresh perspective on your recruitment. Visit irishjobs.ie forward slash hire. Welcome to Talking Point, a podcast by Planet F1. Today was supposed to be our Australian Grand Prix episode, but uh, as I'm sure you're aware, that didn't come to pass. Nevertheless, the FAA did kindly leave us with plenty of carnage to discuss in its place. And joining me to do that is the site's editor, Michelle Foster. So, Michelle, did you uh, enjoy our first uh, race weekend of the season? Um, it was definitely different to any other Australian Grand Prix I've ever I've ever experienced. Um, a lot less racing and a lot more controversy. Yeah, definitely a unique way to start the season. Um, so basically, in today's episode, we're just going to go through the events that led to the cancellation late on Friday, Saturday morning for some. Uh, then we'll look, look ahead to what's going to come for the rest of the season and read out some answers from all you listeners. So starting just brief recap of it obviously the day started with mclaren pulling out of the race i remember when i first saw that i thought okay mclaren had pulled out they've a members tested positive for coronavirus the race is i mean i was expecting an announcement from the faa pretty swiftly that the race would just be called off was was that the kind of mindset you were in as well I think everyone was. I mean, McCarran made the announcement late Thursday night Australian time to say that uh, one team member had tested positive. Uh, we knew that we knew that this person had been tested earlier in the week along with some Haas personnel. But while the Haas people were clear, this person unfortunately um, did have the coronavirus. And pretty much as soon as that McCarran announcement came, we all kind of thought, well, well, that's it. The Grand Prix is over. I mean, earlier in the week. 
one of the one of the Australian peeps had actually said, like, if anyone in the paddock tests positive, then we're going to cancel the race immediately. So we expected an immediate announcement. It didn't come. An hour or two later, it didn't come. Then came conflicting reports. Some sources were saying that the race was over, and other people were saying that the race was on. And still, we waited. We waited hours. I mean, it was Friday morning, two hours before first practice began, that they actually officially said, "Okay, that that it's done." And uh, I think everyone was like really befuddled by that. I mean, like like you said, we all expected an immediate decision. It seemed to be the only logical decision, but uh, unfortunately, with Formula One, logic doesn't always play a role. Yeah, you mentioned the two sources. I think here in uh, in England, at least, the two kind of most go-to sources outside of official Formula One are really BBC and Sky. Um, we, we had Sky report that the race was going ahead, which seemed nuts. And then the BBC came out and said it was cancelled. At that point, you've got the two you know, biggest reporters giving conflicting opinions. And you're just thinking, why or why wouldn't the Formula One come out and give an official statement? And th- those, uh, those hours, which were early, late into the night slash early into the morning, Australian time, there's kind of a mystery there as to what actually happened, isn't there? We've got the kind of reports that it was a team vote and it was split 5-5, which we think would probably be Ferrari, Alpha, McLaren, Mercedes, and Renault, who voted against it and the rest voted for. Um, according to reports from, from the European media, Mercedes actually initially voted to race. Um, and then they say Toto Wolff, had a chat with the, the big bosses over in Germany, and they were like, safety for the team, image as well. Um, and Toto came back and changed his vote, which ultimately led to, to the vote swinging in favor of not racing. Um, I'm quite shocked that so many teams did actually vote to race. I mean, this is a, a public health thing that is now taken over the globe. The number of people who have died because of this, I think, is knocking on 6,000 door or there and thereabout. It was, it was a chaotic night. As you said, we had, uh, we had BBC and Sky with two different things. And you can kind of get why, because some of the team bosses were coming out going, okay, well, we want to race. And others of them were leaving the meeting going, we don't want to race. So nobody actually knew where we stood. I mean, that will shock of the matter is I think it was about four hours before first practice was supposed to begin, the Australian promoters actually put out a press release um, to to Autosport saying that we're going to go ahead with the race and the gates will open at 8.45 and everything hunky-dory, only for two hours later, thousands of people to be standing at those gates waiting for things to be open and for them to be told, oops, no, sorry, cancelled. So the whole thing, I think, was really badly handled. Um, The lack of communication as well. I feel like we should have at least been told what was going on. Like, listen, we're going to vote on it. We'll let you know after the vote. Then tell us that the vote's tied. As opposed to eight hours of silence and speculation. Yeah, I think the big takeaway is just how, how badly the sport of the FIA came out of this. You know, I mean, you had the FIA president tweeting about some dinner right in the midst of it all which just seems crazy like what i don't know what he was thinking you know um and it's easy to say in hindsight obviously but you had most of the kind of sport in europe before the weekend had already cooled things off do you think in hindsight 
the FAA should have called off the race long, long before the teams actually travelled there. Not to mention the fans that ended up queuing outside the gate. Yeah, fans queuing up outside the gate, fans paying for hotels, transport. Yes, they're going to get their Australian GP ticket money back, but they've already spent thousands on transport to get there or hotels and stuff. I think, yeah, I do. I think the whole thing was badly handled. I think Formula One should have called the race off beforehand. It's a... It is a very difficult decision, though. I mean, the, the number 55 million has been thrown about as someone had to take the liability for that. Um, an FIA spokesman basically, well, not basically, he came out and said, like, there's a liability and someone has to take it, and the FIA wasn't ready to take it. I'm pretty sure Liberty Media definitely weren't willing to take it. Uh, neither were the Australian GP promoters. So pretty much until the Australian government turned around and said, like, we need to cancel events of 100 people or more, as some countries have done, someone was going to have to take the fall for that 55 million. And, of course, nobody wanted to. That's a lot of money. Uh, as I understand it, it might be Liberty Media who have taken the hit for that, as at no stage did the Australian government... Um, actually come out and say, you can't hold this race. So, yeah, that's a big hit for Liberty a couple of days after they also lost huge money on the stock stock market. But, yeah, it's, you know, Lewis Hamilton turned around and accused Liberty Media of cash is king. Um, and I think that might have actually forced their hands because I think they realized that they were actually facing a PR disaster if they took, if they went ahead with the race, because we all would have turned around and said, well, clearly Lewis is right. Whereas Chase Carey was very quick to come out and say, well, this proves that Lewis was wrong. Yeah, I think Hamilton, Raikkonen, um, I mean, obviously Raikkonen and Vettel flew home long before any decision was made, uh, as did Verstappen in the end, which I think as well largely kind of forced the, the sport's hand in cancelling the race. Going back to, well, there was a 5-5 team split, uh, in the end obviously team Williams and Haas both voted for it um, which you'd think maybe financial reasons are part of it how much money do you think the teams are going to lose from the cancellation of this race um, millions quite simply um, the, the loss of the sponsorship part some teams have like one-off sponsors just for the race someone local I think it's a, it's a really huge hit for them but at the same time, I feel if they had gone ahead with the race, the hits on their image would have cost them more money in the long run. Yeah, looking ahead to the races to come, I think it's going to be a really tricky situation for the smaller teams. Um, and it does kind of make me understand why they voted for the race to go ahead. Um, obviously, I don't agree with it. I think I'm glad the race was called off eventually. But if, if we just look ahead now, obviously the announcement of that race being cancelled was post-moments in Bahrain in Vietnam to go along with the cancellation in China. Um, I mean, how do you think the season's shaping up now? That's a very interesting point because uh, Formula 1's bosses have come out saying that the season will begin uh, end of May, and end of May takes us to the Monaco Grand Prix. And yet absolutely no mention has been made of the Dutch or Spanish races, which are both scheduled for, for early May. Um, it's like they've been forgotten about. <laughs> the, the Dutch boss, uh, Jan Lammers, came out and said, uh, well, he's hoping that's a typo. But nobody knows. I mean, like I said, even the Dutch promoter doesn't know what's going to happen. There 
is talk about Formula One cancelling the summer break, given that they're pretty much going to be on a two-month break right here, right now. And then we have an action-packed end to the season. Uh, one of the interesting things Ross Braun has said is, if we land up with a, a mass mass amount of races and in the final couple of months of the year, they might actually introduce two-day race weekends. And this is something that's been spoken about in Formula One for, for quite a while. Uh, invariably, Liberty Media and F1's bosses in general have said no to two-day weekends. I mean, it's one day less of, of earning some money off, off us delightful spectators. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Formula One does handle it. There's now talk this morning about when Monaco has closed down its casinos, which, I mean, whoever thought that would happen. But they're, they're having to close doors as well. So will the Monaco Grand Prix even go ahead? Some people are saying Azerbaijan, the, the Baku race as well, that, that can't happen. I think Formula One might be looking at starting the season in June only. And I think we're going to have a crazy time of 16 races. I don't think the sport will head to China, no matter what, this year. I don't. I definitely don't think it will be heading to Australia. But the other 16 races, I can't really say what or where those will be. What do you think the chances are of worst-case scenario this season actually being called off as a whole? Oh, I'm not a health expert, Finley. I can't answer that one. But if this continues at the rate that's going around the world right now, you never know. It might be. We could be facing an entire season. Um, in Formula One's case, I know it will be very difficult for the teams, and I know it's going to cost them a lot of money and could put, could put teams like Williams and Haas very much on the bread line. But from a technical point of view, it, it might not necessarily be a bad thing. The teams can spend the next couple of months plugging all their resources into 2021 um, and those new rules that are going to, going to come into effect then. Yeah, I thought about it myself. I thought, in a way, this season was a pretty strange season. It was kind of, everybody's just kind of waiting around for 2021 anyway. Um, so it was a part of me that thought, you know, maybe it wouldn't be too bad for the teams. But I don't know, as a, as a fan above anything else a uh, whole season you know going all the way through to next january without it is just oh god it's a daunting thought uh, obviously baku's generally that's the most popular opinion at the moment is the first race of the season what do you do you think that's the most likely one i think that probably is the most likely one formula one and, and the world as a whole is going to need a couple of months to recover from this i mean mclaren still have 15 personnel in quarantine in australia uh, ferrari's on lockdown for the next two weeks i don't really see ferrari opening doors even the two weeks after that when you read all the news headlines about what's going on in italy and, and how bad the pandemic is there so I think pretty much Formula One needs two or three months as a shutdown, probably three just to be safe. And uh, yeah, let's start with Baku and see what happens from there. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously this crisis has created an opportunity for, I mean, a brand new calendar, effectively. We're not going to get the big, biggest ever calendar we thought we'd get. Yeah, it could be anything, really. So we asked all of the, uh, the readers, the listeners, we put out on Twitter and Facebook, we asked them for their... Dream 2020 calendars for this season. And uh, we'll just get read out a few responses. So we've got on Facebook, we've got a response from Simon Littler, who is saying, I was thinking a 16 race season because when I started following slash watching F1 in 1989, that's how it was up to 2003. 
Not sure which races to include though, but the likes of Monaco, Monza, Silverstone and Suzuka need to be in there because they're the traditional venues. Do you think the more traditional venues like that are going to be prioritised whatever happens? You know, we've already spoken about Monaco. That's in danger of, well, it's unlikely to be taking place on its original date. But do you think, you know, Monaco, Monza, Silverstone, Suzuka, they're definitely going to be in the calendar whatever happens? I think so, yes. I mean, Monaco is one of those races that, that people are kind of torn over. It, it it does belong in Formula 1. It doesn't belong in Formula 1. But the fact is, it's been in Formula 1 for so long. It is one of the traditional races. So I think no matter what, they will find place for that. It's where all the, the whining, dining, and financial snoozing is done. So Formula 1 does need Monaco. British Grand Prix often delivers a fantastic race. It needs to be there. And the Monza race track is one of my all-time favorites. So I will be gutted if Italy isn't in whatever shortened calendar they come up with. Yeah, I, I think Monza's probably the one I'd be most gutted about losing, to be honest. I just think... Uh, I, I like the racetrack for one. I think it pulls out some good races. But I think the atmosphere with, uh, with the, the Ferrari fans there, and you know, thinking back to when Ferrari won last year as well, it would be such a loss if we lost that. Um, yeah, Monica is a weird one. The actual race, I can't remember the last time I hugely enjoyed it, to be honest. But the spectacle is just uh, so unique and it's so important for the sport. Like you said, it's just so prestigious. Um, so on Twitter, Mr. Mistral went ahead and gave us his entire calendar for the season. So we've got Baku, Bahrain, Vietnam, Holland, Monaco, Canada, Britain, Spa, Monza, Japan, China, US, Brazil. A, a few responses of people that have given us the full calendar. They've generally been around the kind of 13, 14 race mark, which obviously would be considerably shorter than we've seen in quite a while. What sort of... of do, you, do you think that's good to be going back to that number, or are you quite disappointed to lose out on the 21 race season? I, I've got to be honest and say I don't mind losing, you know, out on a 21 race season, 16, 16 would be good. Uh, but that's mainly because there, there are a couple I could actually quite happily take out of the equation. Uh, one of those, sorry to say, it would be the new Vietnam race. I'm not seeing that as being a particularly exciting track. Um, you could argue that uh, the Dutch Grand Prix at Zandvoort probably is not an exciting track either, except for the banked corner and the Max Verstappen fans. I think that one is going to rival Monza when it comes to atmosphere. So I'd like to see the Dutch Grand Prix in. Uh, you could take the French Grand Prix out, as far as I'm concerned as well. Paul Ricard not really deliver of late. Um, yeah, I mean, let's just have 16 rounds at, uh, at Spa and Monza and take it from there. Yeah, one suggestion I saw on Twitter few weeks ago i can't remember who it was from but it made me laugh was uh just uh go to paul ricard and uh do the how of you know thousand odd different configurations that the racetrack has and just do the whole season there over a week that's actually a good point you probably could do that paul ricard does have uh does have several configurations unfortunately they've yet to they've yet to find a really exciting one for formula one yeah that's that's definitely a race i wouldn't be too gutted about losing uh, Patrick Hopley on Facebook says, I'd quite like the season to start in Montreal. Then we'd be almost guaranteed a good first race. And that's the thing now, isn't it? We could have, I mean, we couldn't, but you can imagine any kind of first race of the season that you wanted, really. So if you could pick any track on the calendar to start the season, what would you go for? Spa. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, I would say 
Brazil, but I'm a long-term advocate of Brazil being the last race of the season rather than Abu Dhabi. Um, which I'm with you on that one. I love the Brazilian Grand Prix, and uh, I think it would make an absolutely fantastic humdinger as a season ender. Yeah. The, the, looking at the full 21 race calendar, there's actually a lot of tracks. I wouldn't be too gutted about missing, really. But um, they can't just pick and choose, I guess. In a perfect world, they would. But instead, it looks like they're just going to try and get rid of the summer break and keep as many races as possible, really. So, as always, thanks for writing in to us. And you can keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages for next week's question. Yes, despite another postponement for next week's race in Bahrain, we're still going again, assuming the world hasn't been sent into lockdown or some kind of apocalypse. Obviously, we hope that we'll have stuff to actually talk about in that episode. Yeah, I think we're pretty much in for two months of sort of December, January level of level of news filtering through. Um, I think a lot of people are going to take this opportunity to spend some time with family and just be quiet and do the whole social distancing thing. I know I'm definitely going to uh, going to jump on board of that one. Yeah, social distancing. It sounds good. I do it quite a lot anyway, so it's nice to have a, an excuse for it. In the meantime, make sure to stay safe, uh, wash your hands, and if, if you're having to self-quarantine, self-isolate, or you just don't really want to go outside, then... You can keep everything going on in this sport, if anything is to happen in the sport, on our website, Planet F1. And you can still find us on social media and get in touch on Facebook, just simply our Planet F1 page. And on Twitter, Planet underscore F1. See you next week, hopefully, for whatever else has happened in the sport and the world. Bye. We're free. Finally. Free now. Free to bump elbows again now. Free to finally see mom, dad, gran. Even that weird uncle now. Free to escape the news, finally say I do. Or even a first, hey you, now. Free to go north side, south side, or even the seaside and be free as a city seagull now. Free to... Now. There's nothing like the feeling of being free now. Ready? Book a ride now with free now. And with Ireland's shortest wait times, we're always ready. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.